You're listening to the Anchor Faith Church Message Podcast with our senior pastor, Earl Glisson. Enjoy the message. Uh, Turn over to Romans chapter 8. That's going to be our key text for this series we're in right now. We're talking about I Will Follow. And um, we're dealing with the subject of the spirit of the kingdom or how to be led by the spirit. We could say it that way. Um, And so we kind of, this is going to be a key text we'll probably hit every week and we'll expound on it more and more uh, as the weeks come. We'll break into this verse a little bit more even today. Romans chapter 8 verse 14 says, for all who are being led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. We said this last week, Rick Renner in his Sparkling Gems book said this, in the Greek, the sentence structure is actually reversed so that it reads, for as many as by the Spirit of God are being led, they are the sons of God. It puts the Holy Spirit at the first of the verse, okay? And we are placed behind him. A picture of our responsibility as children of God to follow the leader. So he said this, Romans chapter 8, verse 14, literally means those who follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit They are the sons of God. Hallelujah. Isn't that good news? We also said last week, because when we were talking about the I will follow, and if we want to become well-versed at being able to hear the Spirit of God in order to be led by him, then we ought to follow the example of Jesus, who was the greatest person and leader on planet Earth. And how did he do so? Well, we jumped over into Luke chapter 2, verses 40 to 52. We read this context. I'm just going to read verse 40 and then jump down to verse 52. And remember it said, and the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on him. We saw here that Jesus had to grow. Jesus did not come into the earth without having to grow. And his spirit man uh, became strong, which means it wasn't automatically strong. It grew in strength. Okay, And we saw the grace was on him, which we know this defined is not the grace that we typically associate with our lives when we were lost without God. And we needed God's grace in order to be saved, right? It's by, it's through grace by, it's, it's by grace through faith that we become saved. And that word grace there, or saving grace, is unmerited favor. We know that doesn't apply to Jesus because Jesus was a man who knew no sin. So it's obviously he didn't have unmerited favor. He was getting something he didn't deserve, okay? Obviously, this is a grace that means being empowered, right? So when you get out of unmerited favor, meaning when you get grace to get born again, then God will move grace into you that is an empowering grace. So the same grace on Jesus, once you're born again, can operate in your life. And that is a grace to not sin. Because Jesus had a grace that allowed him not to sin, although he was tempted on all accounts like us, yet didn't fail. Aren't you excited you're born again? That when you're born again, you get the deposit of this grace on your life. You move from unmerited favor into an empowering grace that allows you to resist temptation just like Jesus did. Hallelujah. That's really awesome. So we see, though, he grew because Jesus had to discover himself in Scripture. 
And it goes on in verse 52, and it says, and Jesus increased, which means, that means he had a layer of wisdom, and as he grew, he became more wise. You say, how can this even be possible? How can God clothe himself in the flesh and not know everything? That's it. Jesus emptied himself, according to Colossians, of all of his heavenly glory and basically became like a man in the earth and had to discover himself. And you know what? We have to discover ourselves as well. And when we discover ourselves and begin to walk out who we are in Christ, we are a supernatural being. My goodness, man. We are a chosen race. We are a royal priesthood. We are a holy nation. We are above and not beneath. We are the head and not the tail. My gosh, we are awesome people, but we got to discover that. That means we grow in determining who we are. Yeah, we were lost. We were dead in our trespasses. We were destined for destruction. But God, being rich in his mercy, once we called on the name of Jesus, then we became a new creature in Christ Jesus. And if we'll discover who we are in Christ, then we can begin to walk that out in the earth right now. Because as he is, so are we in this life, not just in heaven. Amen. So Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and, and in favor with God and man, which tells us this. God loved his son, but dad also had to be pleased with his son. And what caused God to be pleased with his son? The same thing that causes God to be pleased with you. Jesus had to operate in faith. Jesus was believing God at his word. So when he gets baptized by John, we know in the third chapter of Matthew, and John says, you should be baptizing me. He said, permit it this time so that all righteousness, righteousness is not a religious word. It means right standing with the governing authority. In essence, Jesus said, God said this would happen. The Father said it would happen. The Spirit has revealed that to me when I was studying Scripture, and so I need to do it this way. And when he did it that way, the father said, he's in faith that he's going to receive something from me. He's following me at his word. And he said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hallelujah. And then he received the Holy Spirit, right? And so the Holy Spirit then comes upon Jesus. And we see here in this verse that the first thing Jesus is first recognized for his wisdom in scripture before his supernatural miracles. A lot of times when we talk about being led by the Spirit, we, we tend to default in the church for those who even have an acknowledgement of the third person of the Godhead beyond just him coming inside and bearing witness that you're a child of God. I mean, if, you, if the church only preaches about being born again, then they do talk of the Holy Spirit, that he's in you and he speaks to you, but they don't really have a conversation in the realm of leading. So then you get into churches that believe in the endowment of power from on high, being baptized in the Holy Ghost, then they tend to run after the miracle signs and wonders and negate the fact that Jesus is first recognized for his wisdom than for his supernatural power. And this is where a lot of times people miss it in following God is because they don't have enough wisdom in God's word in order to truly hear his voice. Okay? And so we have to understand, if you want to be very confident that I heard what the Holy Ghost says, you're going to have to be a studier of the Word and grow in wisdom, meaning you're going to have to have the Scripture revealed to you by the Spirit. Now, with that being said, the Scripture tells us in Hebrews that because the Holy Spirit lives in you, you have no need of any man to teach you. 
Now, that doesn't mean you don't need someone to bring teaching. What that literally means is, is in the old covenant, they, the humanity did not have the Holy Spirit. It, he only came upon, not live within, not dwell within them, where they were the temple of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit would come upon a prophet, a priest, and a king. And then they were, which really the king would have given instruction because they were ordained by God to make sure they keep the law or the word of God in front of them. That's what he told to David and to King Solomon. Just keep the word in front of you. If you do that, you're going to be all right. Okay, so they should have told the land it should have been part of their the authority of their uh, kingdom government is that I need to let you know what God is saying. Okay, now it would have been interpreted by the priest and then the prophet would come in and begin to communicate things that were happening in real time. This is why the king would call for the prophet of the land and say, do we go up against here? Because in scripture, we know this. If I am a blessed nation, according to what God has written by uh, the prophet Moses, he said, through that Abraham, who, whatever nations blessed him would be blessed, and whoever cursed him would be cursed. So according to that, this nation's come against us. How do you want us to handle them because they're coming against God's covenant people? So they would call for the prophet that begin to say, and the prophet would say, the Lord says. But now here, they were subject. Everybody else besides those three titles are having to take them at their word. They have no spirit in them that is alive to bear witness. That's the right thing. But in the new covenant, I said in the new covenant, the Holy Ghost dwells within us. And that's why you don't need to be solely dependent on someone teaching you the word. You actually have the Holy Ghost in you to say, now is that correct? Now, here's the thing. God did place people in the church body to help open the word of God in, into your spirit and for your mind called the prophet, the, pre, uh, the prophet, the apostle, pastor, teacher, and evangelist. They are here to equip the saints for the work of ministry. So by unction of the spirit, I can teach something that all of a sudden comes alive in you and you're like, wow, there it is. Now, ultimately, it was the Holy Ghost that taught you, even though it came from my vocal cords. Now, you can't say, well, I don't need you at all. I just have the Holy Ghost. Well, now you're telling that the hand can't say to the foot, they don't need you. You can't tell God, oh, I don't need a pastor. I have you. But the Holy Ghost would say, no, you need. Because we're a body. Now, you don't have to just believe it because he says it or she says it. You believe it because I say it according to the word and bear witness of it once they say it. Hallelujah. And that's how that works, okay? And so we come together to do some great things. But if you do not know the word of God, you're going to be severely, uh, you're going to have a deficit in the ability to truly hear God. You're going to have a deficit. And more importantly, you will resort to old covenant things concerning hearing God. I need a sign. I need some confirmation. Now, there's nothing wrong with some things being confirmed, okay? God can do that. He can do some natural things so that you see, right? But it's not required in the new covenant. All you need is a word. Now, you do need two or three witnesses, so when God says you ought to be able to find at least two or three verses to substantiate, in context now, not just pulled out, 
But in context, that you can say, yep, that's what God's saying because that's what his word says, and there's confirmation there. You don't need somebody to show up and give you a word to confirm. Because, you know, the, the devil comes as an angel of light. He'll give you a word and then send one of his to give you a word, and you'll think it's confirmed. But it ain't even stay with the word. <laughs> but if you don't know the word, then you don't know it didn't stay with the word. So Jesus was full of wisdom. Jesus is the great example of hearing this spirit because he was well-equipped to rightly divide and discern the word. Very powerful. And too often we overlook this when we get into teachings of how to be led by the Spirit is that the number one foundation in order for you to hear what the Holy Ghost is saying, you must have a strong, strong foundation in the Spirit. Now, that doesn't mean you can't hear Him, okay? I'm not saying that it's, it's impossible to hear the Holy Ghost and get it right if you don't know anything. Well, that would be an error because you're lost. You don't know Jesus. And the Bible says, no one comes after me. No, not one. Well, how did you get born again? The Holy Ghost talked to you and you were lost, which tells us this lost people can hear the Holy Ghost. The problem is that lost people just can't discern all the time whether he's talking. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. Okay, but he didn't leave it to just an audible inward witness. He left scripture because he knew people would say things by his name that wasn't right. So he has a check and balance in his own kingdom. I provided my word through thousands of years, through multiple authors that did not even know each other, but I spoke the same thing, kept the context. I've proven who I am as a being. And so when I speak to you, you have a reference point by which you know. Yet there are people in the church body today that say, well, if God's willing, he could heal me, but he may not be. Well, that's not scriptural. Even though initially you can say, Lord, are you willing to heal me? And he could say, yes. Well, we know if you read scripture, that was always his answer when someone was sick. How he went around healing all. So the reality is we would grow and begin to say, wait a minute. I can ask the father. The spirit would lead me to always seek out being healed. And never, well, you're trying to teach me something. If we read scripture. But when we don't, then the enemy can come in and say, well, you know, he's trying to teach you something. <laughs> the any, only time real bad things happen and there's a teaching going on is because rebellion was happening prior. So you have to conclude, I've been so rebellious, I've gotten this far out that, you know, now all this calamity's happened and God's letting me know. So if you're, if you're out there and you're being taught, then just be honest and say you've been rebellious and got yourself out there, right? Not that I've been so good and I really don't know why all this is happening, but I guess God's trying to teach me. God, he teaches with instruction. I never uh, spanked my child without giving some kind of instruction first, giving an opportunity to change. You need to change. Oh, okay. So you want to be stubborn or stiff-necked. We never had to go there. 
But because you wouldn't listen, we go in there. Are you with me? Okay. So we saw that Jesus obviously saw this Psalms. It says Psalms 143, verse 10. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. May your gracious spirit lead me forward on a firm footing. So again, when you, te- when you learn the will of God, then the spirit of God will always be able to lead you very confidently because you'll, have a fir- you'll know this is exactly what God's saying. It's in line with the word. The Holy Spirit never says something contrary to the word. If anyone ever says, oh man, I'm, I'm, I'm led by the spirit and you know, I'm beyond the Bible. No, you're not. Then you're, you're beyond God into demonic activity. That's where you're at, okay? So it's very important that you keep a firm footing. This is why I said if you've been with us at Anchor Faith Church, uh, you should be um, finding yourself by the Spirit uh, being a part of things bigger than just Sunday and Wednesday. Men, you should find yourself submitting to Mighty Men 318. And ladies, you should find yourself submitting to a book club at some point. You know, and every the Kingdom Institute is not to raise up fivefold ministers, although we could do that. But it's really to continue to equip. It, you know, uh, Anchor Faith Live classes, which we only have one at this point called Building the Believer. But if you haven't even done that class, you should do it. Because faith comes by hearing, not from having heard. You should have such a desire to know that you know that you know you're rightly divine, the word of truth, and to remind yourself of things. Okay, And so, again, if you're just satisfied with coming on Sunday, I'm just telling you right now, you're going to struggle at being able to accurately hear God. That doesn't mean you can't, but you will struggle. And you'll be desiring for someone to tell you. I remember, man, I'd be in these... Uh, meetings where, you know, you knew a man or a woman of God was ministering, and sometimes you just wanted them to say, you, come down, thus saith the Lord, and like read your mail, right? right. Like, God, no, t- tell me that you know I exist. But you know, that's kind of weird anyway to even have. These are thoughts that the devil gives you. Because the reality is, he said he'll never leave me or forsake me, so why do I need him to acknowledge me in a crowd just because I act like I hadn't heard him in a while? Like, all of a sudden, I need to know. Well, that's just because, again, you get kind of deficient. You're trying to feed a seen realm instead of stay living in the unseen. You know, and many times, nobody, nobody ever. And I, I was remember talking to the Lord one day because, you know, I felt like there were some things in my life that, you know, you just wanted confirmation. You know, you're thinking, God, you know, I've been asked. And the Lord would say to me, he said, listen, you always got the answer through the word. I confirmed it with my spirit. There was really no reason for anyone to talk to you. He said, the ones I'm talking to, most of them aren't even spending enough time in the word for me to try to. I'm just trying to correct a course. Now, that doesn't mean every time you're prophesied over that God's trying to correct the course, okay? I'm not saying that. Because when I started the ministry here, someone prophesied over me. And I found out every time, for me, every time I've been prophesied over, it never had to do with me. It always had to do with the church. Vision. Every time. It wasn't, now I'm personally a part of the vision, but it always went beyond my household is what I'm saying. Amen. Amen. Because life's bigger than your household. 
So we saw Matthew 4, 1, and the Passion Translation says it this way because the Passion Translation does a really good job of getting it right in the original Greek. It says, afterwards, the Holy Spirit led Jesus. Look how it put Holy Spirit first here. Most other translations says, then Jesus, led by the Spirit, went into the wilderness. Here it says, afterward, the Holy Spirit led Jesus, right? Okay. So Rick Renner again said, just going a little bit further concerning uh, this Romans 8.14, he says, the Holy Spirit will lead you and cause you to know if you will be sensitive to follow his leading and he says this, if you will listen to and follow him, he will guide you past every obstacle, camouflage you from every attack, and show you exactly when you take action, when to take action in your family, your business, your church, or the assignment God has given you. Notice when to take action. Sometimes you don't even need to take action. I think a lot of us, we kind of get off and don't hear the Holy Ghost, and we try to respond immediately when something ain't done right. A lot of times, we don't even give the Holy Ghost an opportunity to talk to our loved ones. We try to be the Holy Ghost. Yeah, we want to say, it is written <laughs> to our spouse and our children so fast. <laughs> and they're no more ready to receive that than the man on the moon. That's why the Lord's not even saying it yet. Are you with me? He says this, Romans 8, 14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the Son of God. The word led is the Greek word. Uh, 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 where's Randy? Is he out here? He must be somewhere else. Okay, yeah, well, he ain't where I need him. It means to be gently led about and was the same word used to describe a man leading his cow about on a rope. The farmer is the leader, and the cow is merely the follower. The cow, forget it, the cow doesn't argue with the farmer. The animal simply trusts and follows. This is how we are to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. He is the leader. Many people are afraid to obey what the Holy Spirit puts in their hearts to do, fearful that they will be led astray. Now, honestly, let's think about this. A lot of times we'll get some kind of unction and fear will grip us. The only reason fear grips you is because you're not confident in what God's Word actually says. The less you know in God's Word through your Study and training. The more fearful you'll be even though he's talking to you. Because when you know God's word and how much he loves you, it casts out all fear. It's impossible for the Holy Ghost to lead you astray. You know why it's impossible? Because he's the spirit of truth. He could not lead you down a lie. Can't do it. He says, fearful that they will be led astray or that they may make a mistake, they sit on the sidelines and watch other people achieve success while they remain right where they've always been. He says, you can trust the leading of the Holy Spirit. Well, did Jesus trust the leading of the Holy Spirit? Now, we're talking about being led by the Spirit, and I'll get to some things, you know, supernatural stuff here soon enough. But again, 
We're following how the Bible starts talking to us about the leading of the Spirit. And we are in a new and better covenant. Jesus came to bring that covenant, and he began to demonstrate how man, the Son of Man, born of God, clothed in the flesh, should operate in the earth. And before Jesus ever performed a miracle, before he ever gave a word, a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom, before he ever performed something miraculous, he was full of wisdom. You understand what I'm saying? So let's look how Jesus did. Jesus says this in John chapter 12, verse 49. It says, for, he, for I do not, Jesus speaking now, for I do not speak on my own initiative. That's the biggest problem that we have is that we tend to want to speak on our own initiative, which goes back to this statement again. Well, it's just common sense. We understand the Holy Ghost's word is not common to the world. In fact, just in the realm of statistics right now, there are about 7.6 billion people on the planet. They, they surmise that just over 1 billion are actually Christians. Do you know the majority of the people on planet Earth are lost? which means their thinking is very common. Their way of thinking is very common. And they conclude their thoughts not because of the Holy Ghost, but because of what they see, their senses. Now, there are things you can conclude right because you can observe nature and know there's an order about it. Okay? And there can be a conclusion there. You... There are certain natural things that obviously identify God. That's why Romans says, just through nature, they're without excuse. So again, there can be some understanding that takes place, although God's not even communicating except through nature, that people can come to a conclusion. But to know this, the common thoughts of all the world are not originating literally from the Spirit. Which means then, the people who are born again, they have access to some kind of uncommon thinking or knowledge. All right? Now, we also must understand this. When it comes to believers, not all believers are functioning equally. That doesn't mean they're not equal. See, in the kingdom of God, we are all equal. You want the greatest measure of equality? Be born again. But even if you are born again, what you access in the kingdom is dependent upon what you know about the kingdom and what you believe concerning your knowing. Again, a person can know that God heals, but not believe he'll heal them. A person can know that God will provide all of your needs according to his riches and glory, but not believe that he'll actually do it for them. So even though they're equal with every other son and daughter of God, they're not accessing it, so they live a life not equal. God doesn't have favor. He does not show favoritism among his kids, but he does reward them based upon their belief. That's why all churches aren't functioning on the same equal playing field because it's based on what they know. And Jesus has told us this. His word has told us, my people perish. Does he want them to perish? 
No, but they do due to lack of knowledge. So what you don't know hinders what you can hear and act on. And even if God says it, until you have confidence that's what his word means, you won't act on it. I said you won't act on it. So Jesus said, I do not speak on my own initiative, but the Father himself who sent me has given me a command as to what to say and what to speak. You see this? Now, he's given him a command. Now, does that mean he only gave him a command because the Holy Spirit's telling him what to say? One side you could say yes, but that would not be the full truth. If you're like, well, Jesus only did what the Spirit says, but the Spirit said what the Word said. So again, when Jesus says, I only do what the Father commands, he could have read it in Scripture, and the Holy Ghost says, that's what we do. And now God spoke to him, not in an audible voice like on the day he was um, baptized in the Jordan, but by the Holy Spirit saying, look what dad said here in this writing, you can do this. Are you with me? Now, that doesn't mean that there were things that the father was saying that he didn't have a literal chapter and verse, only a context. Just like when the woman caught in adultery, brought up, what's he doing? What do you want me to say, Father? Because they let him know. The law says. Stoner, what do you say? And he said, I don't say nothing because I got to hear what I'm supposed to say. Now, Jesus can't go against his own word. Can he? Nope. So he answers it according to their question. He said, well, okay, then. He who's never sinned casts the first stone. Because he didn't say, we're not going to stone her today. I'm going to let it go. You understand? God's not letting any sin go. You need to know that. Just because it doesn't pay out immediately in your life, it's not being let go. You better get it under the blood or it's going to manifest. Your sin will surely find you out, even in the new covenant. You better get it under the blood. Hallelujah. You say, well, all of it's under the blood. All of it's under the blood, sure, except for that which has not been confessed. Everyone who's ever sinned is under the blood, but if they don't have a confession in faith in Christ Jesus, that book remains intact and they'll be judged according to it. As a believer, the minute you fail and the Holy Ghost says, hold on a minute, you need to confess. And say, man, thank you, Jesus. Get it under the blood. Now, that particular sin won't cause you to be separated unto God where you're going to go to hell, but it will begin to hinder your ability to hear because you're compromising when you've been graced to resist the temptation to sin and go into rebellion. All right, let's, let's finish up. Jesus said this in John 14, 10. He says, do you believe that I am the Father and the Father is in me? He says, the words that I say, I do not speak on my own initiative, but the Father abiding in me does his work. Notice, Jesus is not doing his own thing. He does not speak his mind. So again, when we say, well, you know, it's common sense, and we use that like all of a sudden, you know, we're holy, the reality is you actually have an uncommon sense, and the Lord has told us to lean not on our own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge him, and he'll make our path straight. 
that we are not to just think we have a common piece of information that's open to the rest of the world and we should respond that way and that's God. No, in all your ways you say, Holy Spirit, you live in me. Give me context here. How do I move forward in this situation? Because that's how Jesus did. In John chapter 8, verse 28, so Jesus said, when you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He. I do nothing, nothing, nothing on my own initiative, but I speak these things as the Father has taught me. Now, we know the Father Himself is not, has not left heaven when Jesus came to the earth. So how's the Father teaching Him? Through His Word revealed by the Spirit. Speaking to Him by the Spirit. Because Jesus was led by the Holy Ghost. So even his responses were led by the Spirit. I said we're led by the Spirit. I said we're led by the Spirit. Are you with me? John chapter 5, verse 30, it says this. Again, two or three witnesses. I can do nothing on my own initiative. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just because I do not seek my own will, but the will of him who sent me. To be, to be a person that says, I will follow and will be led by the Spirit, you have to get rid of yours. And we'll talk about this in the weeks to come. As long as you want to have a voice, you limit the effectiveness of God in your life. All right? So what does the Holy Spirit do? Well, Jesus told us what the Holy Spirit would do. Because again, who is this Holy Spirit that Jesus is listening to and he's not speaking on his own initiative, but he's only speaking and doing and acting and responding as he's being led, right? Because we know Jesus didn't go to the devil and says, oh, I'm going to beat you up. Oh, I can't wait. This is so good. I can't wait. I'm going to beat you up. Let me tell you how big and bad I am. No, all he said, it is written. It is written. It is written. I don't speak anything on initiative. Holy Ghost, what do you want me to say to the devil right now? He's tempting me. Say, say this, and gave him a verse that he read. It is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but of every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He found that. Where? In the writings. It wasn't like, I don't know. I remember one time, uh, I remember one time that I went to Raymond, there was a particular student there, and uh, we were sitting down at IHOP, and I had a student that used to be in our youth ministry, and what, uh, for whatever reason, was just enthralled by this guy. And um, so this guy was like, you know, now would it be more faith <laughs> that if you had a radio, right, and there's instructions that come with building this radio, wouldn't you understand, don't you believe that it's more faith that if you didn't have the instruction manual, but yet God just spoke to you and you could put the radio together without any instruction there? And I was like, you don't even know the Bible. What have you been learning? Faith comes by hearing and hearing from the Word of God, the written Word of God, and the Logos Word of God that's always in context with the written Word. To throw out the book to act like you're more spiritual... All that does is open you up to the demonic. Because then you can say anything. Like I'm impressed that you don't read the Bible, but you, you still hear from God. Well, God can talk to you outside you knowing the Bible. That's true. But he'll always point you to it. Because the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit will point us to Jesus. 
Now, Jesus is not just being pointed to on a throne. Jesus is the word. So he'll point you right here. So if you think that you're being pointed to Jesus and you're not a, a reader of the word of God, you're not really being pointed to Jesus. Well, he's just going to point to the cross. No, he's not. He point way, he point to the cross, past the cross, through the uh, resurrection, up to the throne, back to the written word of God. I mean, he's pointing to Jesus everywhere he's at. So... We know this in John chapter 14, verse 28, it says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, what will he do? He'll teach you all things, and he'll bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. So Jesus says, I don't speak on my own initiative. Only, I only speak and say, I only do what I hear. In essence, when he was tempted of the devil, he says, it's written. I'm going to tell you what the Spirit of God just told me to say. Do we really think that Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, and then the Holy Ghost says, you're on your own? Yet we act like this. God gets you born again, and then you're on your own. But I'm born again, but I don't know what to do. Man, the devil's after me. Life sure is hard. And the Lord's like, well, you're on your own. But when you die, you're coming here. No. Jesus received the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit stayed with him the whole time. <laughs> and gave him what to say, if you're listening. I said, if you're listening. And when listening, Jesus didn't respond in ways like, I hope this works. No, this is the confidence that we have, that when we know his will, hallelujah. But if you don't know his will, and his word is his will. So we also know this in John chapter 16, starting in verse 7. He said, but I tell you, the truth is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. So again, the Holy Spirit's an advantage to us. He says this, and he, when, and he, when he comes, uh, will convict the world concerning sin. Now there's an error in the church right now where people, when conviction comes by the Spirit of God, man or religions are calling it condemnation. Conviction is not condemnation, but conviction is you're wrong. Well, don't condemn me. Don't just the Holy Ghost says He'll convict you concerning sin. He'll say, uh-uh-uh, no, 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 we don't go there. He'll say to the world, that isn't going to make it into the kingdom of heaven. Well, you said you accept me as I am. I accept you in Christ. I'm letting you know that is going to kill you and keep you separated from me. So we have to preach on sin because the Holy Spirit does. You can't eliminate sin from the church without talking about it. <laughs> he says this, he'll convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment, right? He'll talk about righteousness, right standing with the governing authority, how you maintain righteousness because you are now the righteousness of God in Christ. He'll talk to you about judgment. There's two judgments. There's the great white throne judgment and the judgment seat of Christ for the believer, then it goes on concerning sin because they do not believe in me, concerning righteousness because I go to the Father and you no longer see me. So in essence, you're not going to see me, so the Holy Spirit's going to tell you what you're supposed to do. What's my response? And then he said concerning judgment because the rule of this world has been judged, yet we act like he still has more power a lot of times. 
He says, I have many more things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Which tells us is Jesus led by the Spirit said, I know a lot I can't even say. And yet we think we can just say whatever we want to, even if it's Scripture. But maybe God doesn't want us to say that right now. And I just want to admonish you with these words, especially parents, employers, okay? I want to admonish you. And among the body, I want to admonish you. The Word does one or two things the minute it's spoken. It will either soften a person to yield and repent, or that Word will harden that person, and they'll resist it and rebel. The Word always does something to a person when it's spoken. So, if you don't watch out, you can be right scripturally. And your desire to want to see them different can be there. But if the Holy Ghost doesn't lead you to say it, you could actually do more damage and take a longer process for someone to repent because you're helping them build a wall. Hallelujah. The, you say, Pastor, all this can't be so. Really? He said, Moses, I'm going to send you to Pharaoh, and every time you go, I'm going to harden his heart. Well, how did he harden his heart? He just kept saying, uh, God said, let my people go. And he was like, Pfft. God said, let my people go. God said, Pfft. and he just kept getting harder and harder. And then he, after he loses his child, he's like, go, go do it. And then what's he do? Let's go get him. Okay. So it's very important that we speak when he tells us to speak. He goes on and says this, verse 13, but when the spirit of truth, again, you can be led by him because he's the spirit of truth. He's not a spirit of lying. That's the devil. But again, you will not know what a lie is if you don't know truth. The devil himself could not wield his lie in the garden until he first discovered truth. He says this to Eve. Has God not said you can't eat from any tree of the garden? He don't know. And that didn't mean nothing to her. didn't even stick. She said, no, no, God didn't say that. He said you can eat of any tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat for the day you eat, you'll die. And then the devil, now that he knows what God says, says this, you're not going to die. So again, if you don't even know truth, Lies that come, you don't, you don't even know how to bounce it off. It all seemed like truth to you because you don't know to, wait a minute, that doesn't line up with this. All right? But when the spirit of truth comes, he'll what? Guide you into all truth. Remember, all truth is not just biblical truth. Truth would be like, that candidate's lying to you right now. I don't care how well it sounds. That guy is not right for you. I don't care how good-looking you think he is and how much he's been at church since you have met him. And vice versa. That can be a female, too. You know, you don't need that girl. That's, I'm just saying. It's, don't take the job. It doesn't matter. You're getting promoted, and they're giving you way more money. He'll guide you. It's not what it seems, and it's going to be rough. Okay. 
He'll guide you in all truth. He will not speak of his own initiative. Isn't that interesting? He's listening too. Because ultimately, dad's the one talking. But whoever, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will disclose you to come. So if Jesus doesn't speak on his own initiative, he's led by the Spirit to do it. And the Holy Spirit, when he comes here to talk to us, doesn't speak on his own initiative, but only he's listening to what now Jesus is saying, who's seated on the throne. Now, when Jesus was in the earth, Jesus was listening to the Spirit of God because the Spirit of God is the bridge between the unseen realm of heaven and the seen realm of earth. Not that heaven can't be seen because you could get there and see it, but you can't see it right now. All right? It does exist. So he's the bridge between he's the communication factor between the two now that Jesus has been raised up and seated at the right hand of the father the father talks to the son the son talks to the spirit and he speaks to us well if the Holy Spirit won't say what he wants to say and God, Jesus can't say what he wants to say why do we think we can say and act and do what we want to hallelujah so it's too, we really need to learn how to be led, especially in these last days. Why is it more important today? Because in the last of the last days, they will call what's good evil and what's evil good. And if you don't know how to discern good and evil, which the Bible tells us in Hebrews, the only way you're going to discern good and evil is to be trained in righteousness. If you've not been trained in righteousness, even if you're a child of God, you'll listen to a lie. Because the devil will come as an angel of light and flip it on its head. And you'll think you'll call someone evil. And they're not. Hallelujah. And we're really seeing this in our political climate today. We're seeing it in, in many of our sectors of society because er just about every sector of society right now has become political. Yeah, right. They're siding with parties. Yeah, right. But Jesus said, repent, which literally means change your thinking, side with my party. Right. So at 3 o'clock, I'm going to talk about the kingdom party. Yeah. You need to side with the kingdom party. Yeah. And he'll let you know which party yeah. is hearing him. Now, there's no party in the earth that is the kingdom except the church. And we're trying to get the church to hear the kingdom party. And the good news is we never have to vote for a new leader. He's always on the throne. And his nation will be the only one that exists anyway. Hallelujah. Okay, let's go on. So again, in conclusion... Rick Renner said this, again, in these lines, now according to John chapter 16, verse 13, he says this, Jesus said to the, that the Holy Spirit would show you things to come. He said this word show in the Greek is a word for a guide who shows a traveler the safest course through an unknown country. This is so good for us. Because we were lost dead in our trespasses of sin and we were very good at navigating ourselves in, the, in a dark world. In darkness, we can navigate ourselves. You know, you don't have to see to get in dark, go around in darkness. People who literally cannot see physically are not limited. They can move around. Are you with me? They can move around. And you can learn a terrain and confidently go through a house. 
Are you with me? Okay. But we're in a new country. And we need to be guided through it. He goes on and says this. This means the Holy Spirit is our guide. He knows the way to, uh, we should go. He understands how to avoid every trap and obstacle along the way. When we are going into an area we've never been before, the Holy Spirit wants to show us how to take the safest route. Yeah. He knows exactly how to get us safely to our future point of destination. And I close with this scripture. Isaiah chapter 48, verses, verse 17 says this. This is what the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel says, I am the Lord your God who what? teaches you for your benefit. For whose benefit? Why are you being a studier of the word? It's for your benefit. What we want is God to tell us where to go without knowing. He teaches you for your benefit, and then what he does he do? He leads you in the way you should go. He leads you in the way he should go. The Bible's about a king, his kingdom, and his royal offspring. And yet believers don't want to know God. They just want him, them to tell him whatever. Just tell me what to do. But yet they don't want to study, know, get in his documents, understand about who he is, learn his voice, grow in it. And yet we do this even in the natural. Well, let's elect your president to tell us what to do. And we don't think, we just go about our lives. And then they create laws legislation that begin to affect our lives. Like, well, how come I can't do this? Amen. You understand, nobody can really do what they want to do, period, in any type of government. You go try to build a house here in the state of Florida like you build one, you know, maybe in Nebraska. You'll find out it don't work. This thing called hurricanes here. Your windows are going to have to be a certain rating. And the closer you get to the coast, the different the code changes. Well, you know, but I like this window. I got it from an old house built in the 1800s, and I want to put it in. No, it's not the type of glass. We don't do that anymore. God's teaching us for our benefit so that we can clearly hear how to follow the Holy Spirit as he leads us in the right paths. Amen. Father, with every head bowed and every eye closed, no one's looking around. If you're here today and you do not know Jesus as your Lord. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you want more, subscribe to our message podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Rating and leaving a comment will go a long way with helping our messages get better circulation. If you'd enjoy watching our weekend messages, visit youtube.com forward slash anchor faith. We'd love it if you'd subscribe, leave a comment or a like on the messages. If you'd like to find out more information about us and how we're influencing the world and help support the work we're doing by giving, just visit anchorfaith.com.